0: Welcome to Nerd Vomit. I'm Doug, co-host of No Applause, Just the Clap. This is the only show that checks itself and still manages to wreck itself. Unfortunately, Deb could not join me and will be unable to join me uh, for a little while on No Applause, Just the Clap. She's had an unfortunate accident. Everything's fine. If you're wondering more about the details of that, listen to this week's DAMN, Doug's Acute Mental Neuroses, in which I get more into that. But that's not what we're here for. We're here for pop culture reviews and analysis. And that's what this episode's going to be all about. So let's jump right in to Pacific Rim 2. Uprising. Why did they make this? Yeah, I find it hard to believe that Guillermo del Toro wrote this. I really do. Paint by Numbers, uh, too quick, too clean, too precise. It didn't have the rough-and-tumble, post-apocalyptic vibe that the original Pacific Rim had that I loved. It didn't seem like a fresh and unique take on anything. And, yes, I know it's giant robots fighting giant monsters, and that's not anything new, but Pacific Rim was awesome. And Pacific Rim 2 Uprising was not. Let's just be honest. I'm sorry, but even watching John Boyega... Channel, you know, Pentecost, Senior, uh, hymn doll. Um I'm obviously forgetting the actor's name, so I'm just going to start mentioning stuff he's in. But it was a letdown, and the twist of Charlie Day being the bad guy because he mind fucks a monster brain. Who, it I just, I didn't get it. And Bern Gorman, who I love, I loved him in Torchwood. Watching him. Be the twitchy cripple like Wonder Boy character was just it, this wasn't good, folks. It wasn't good, but you know what was passable and fun was game night with Rachel McAdams and Jason Bateman and Jesse Plemons and a whole that's really about it. Um, Kyle Chandler's in it. Um, I didn't even know who he was. I went, Oh, he looks familiar. Looked him up, I went, ah, oh, yeah, you're in a few things, but nothing that stands out to me. Um, Game night was fun. It was fun escapism. I'm glad I watched it, but it's not a game, no pun intended, not a game changer, not a life changer. But it was fun. I mean, basically, it's a game night goes bad when a, like, fake murder mystery kidnapping game uh, gets interrupted by a real murder mystery kidnapping. The Pop culture references were funny, well-placed. Um, it was a solidly directed uh, movie by uh, uh, John Daly, who was on Bones. He's been in a bunch of stuff. He was the new kid in waiting, um, but uh, known as a script doctor, really. But they uh, they said they wouldn't rewrite the script unless they directed it. So there's that. And it was, you know, I don't know if it was a directorial debut necessarily for f- film for him. It was all right. It was it was solid. It was solid performances the whole way around. But yeah, nothing breakout. Nothing. Oh my God! Uh, I went. Oh, okay. Kind of a dark comedy set around like a you know comedy of errors. All right. I started watching Atlanta season one. Wow, just wow. It is like the Coen Brothers or David Lynch did a show about hip hop and the rap scene. And I am floored. I am fl- not only am I floored by the show but the acting, the writing, the directing. And let's talk about the talent that is Donald Glover real quick. So I'm on like a Donald Glover kick. I've been uh, watching Atlanta, I've been listening to the new Childish Gambino. I mean, the guy is unstoppable. He's halfway to an EGOT. It's just amazing. It's just amazing to have... Like, I I, I watched, you know, it's like I knew him from the Derek Comedy Group um, uh, from, from New York. And to see someone who co-wrote and starred in the bro-rape sketch, which if you haven't seen immediately YouTube, I'll wait, to to become Emmy-winning for directing an episode of Atlanta, uh, for getting Emmy for a Best uh, Actor in a Comedy for Atlanta, um, won a Grammy for Childish Gambino, just Florida. Then he was going to be working on um, an FX uh, animated Deadpool series, which didn't go, and then he ended up like releasing the script with a bunch of like notes from Deadpool, and it was very meta. And if you can't find that, go find that as well. I won't wait, but do find that later. Um, Atlanta is just just jaw droppingly amazing, and I can't believe it. Uh, it's one of those. I'm so glad that I did. Kind of, you know, I heard good things. And uh, right now, with everything going on summer hiatus, I have a lot of time to catch up on movies, and I always look for, like, a new show for the summer where I can binge, you know, two or three seasons and get into something new that I wouldn't normally do uh, while it's going on, and to be able to binge the first two seasons of Atlanta have just been a godsend. I am going to be watching this one week to week when season three starts back up. Um, Unfortunately, I believe season two... Three will be on FXX, which is where good shows on FX go to die. I mean, they've been trying to push that network with The League and Archer and now Atlanta. And I, it's, the network itself is limping along FXX. And uh, it's just stupid. I, I don't know why they have a secondary, I mean, and even FX is a secondary network. So FXX is a tertiary network. I don't understand it. But then again, I'm not in the marketing room. I'm I'm not in those... I'm not invited to Fox's, you know, television meetings. Uh, I would say yet as a joke, but odds are I probably never will be. Um, unless they want to do a show based on uh, podcasters. That's not Alex Inc., which is a piece of shit and I think was already canceled after maybe it's like second episode, third episode. Is it even still going? Who cares? It paints podcasters... In a dumb sitcomy light, which is not true. You know what? Yeah, Fox, let's do an edgy podcaster show. I'll be glad to do it. We could call it Denver, or, you know, DVR, or maybe not DVR, that doesn't work, but DNR. Like, I, you know, let's do like a, you know, Continental Divide, edgy, podcaster, punk, you know, uh, kind of guerrilla airwaves show. So call me. Um, I'm no Donald Glover, but you know, I'm not even a Danny Glover. I'm, I'm not even a Crispin Glover really at this point, but you know, I look forward, you know, make a name for myself. Doesn't have to be Glover. So, uh, back to the point, Atlanta fan bloody tastic. I know this episode is going to be short. I did was going to add like a, um, a segment to this whole thing about doing like the IMDB trivia on some of the stuff. And really I looked up, Pacific Rim Uprising, Game Night, Atlanta, and Marvel's Cloak and Dagger, which I've yet to talk about, and there's not really anything interesting about them. I mean, the shows themselves, absolutely, but in terms of the trivia, not really. Um, not that you know, I brought up the the John Francis Daly, you know, refused to co-write, or refused to rewrite Game Night, unless he directed it. Fine, great. That's that's really the trivia on that one. Um, Cloak and Dagger, the trivia is more not a trivia, but the kind of the the corporate bureaucracy uh, behind it and its sister show, which has not premiered yet, which I'm going to get into right now. So Marvel's Cloak & Dagger has had a two-episode premiere on what was ABC Family, uh, now called Freeform. Uh, ABC, of course, the network owned by Disney, which owns Marvel. So not a shock. Now, when I heard that something like Cloak & Dagger, kind of a edgier, origin story of two runaways that get, uh, experimented on by illegal drugs. Um, <laughs> like they basically got their powers by doing drugs. There's, there's your, yeah, there's your gritty origin, uh, that it was going to be on ABC family or what was formerly ABC family. I was a little worried. And for the most part, the first episode was fairly tame. It's what I expected. It wasn't as bright. It is shot very well in terms of lighting and mood. Um, obviously, bright scenes for Dagger, dark scenes for Cloak, who has, like, dark powers and Dagger has light powers. They kind of re reconjiggered the origins to be something like something from The Flash, where this mysterious scientific oil rig in the ocean thing uh, blows up and collapses and blows up. And Cloak and Dagger, as children, are in the water for reasons... And get powers that connect them through light and dark. Yeah, fine. You wanted to shy away from the drugs origin on ABC Family? I get it. I get it. But they don't shy away from the fact that Dagger's uh, mom, uh, Tandy Bowen's mom, has now become like a drug-addled alcoholic, you know, slut. And uh, that's interesting that you have the kind of the idea of like white privilege being flipped where... The uh, cute blonde white girl uh, has the fucked up, um, drug infested, crime infested uh, upbringing and and life, whereas the African American character Cloak has, he goes to a prep school, his parents are well-to-do, um, so I like that convention being flipped on its head in terms of Cloak and Dagger. I have so much more to say about Cloak and Dagger than I thought I would. The second episode uh, really kind of ups the ante in terms of violence. And language, I was surprised to hear the word "shit" uh, said like three, four times um, on something that used to be ABC Family. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna call it free form. I'm sorry, it sounds stupid. It sounds like slam poetry. But Cloak and Dagger, I'm interested. I, I'm gonna give it the five episodes, but I, I think I'm gonna be into Cloak and Dagger, and really, it's a refreshing breath of air in terms of a Marvel TV series. Like Agent Carter was good. But it didn't have the support, and you could tell. Agents of Shield uh, has gotten a little stagnant uh, after five seasons. Um, I liked the last one with all the time travel, but the second half of it was whatever. And the less said about Marvel's Inhumans, the better. Um, oh, but you know what? And comparing it to like Hulu's Runaways, which I loved, uh, I think they figured out how to write like young characters and group dynamics. Like I think they went. These are characters that no one really knows, like The Runaways and Cloak and Dagger, and we can do something really cool and take our time and develop it into a worthwhile property as opposed to just shoving it out there because everyone knows who the Avengers are. So they can be a bit more subversive and smart and funny and get away with a little bit more in terms of storytelling than you can in the major Marvel Cinematic Universe stuff and stuff that's More for general audiences like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So I kind of like that some of their under-the-radar projects have been a lot better, and I think that may be a a way to go for some of their other properties. Uh, I talked about Cloak & Dagger's sister show, The New Warriors, uh, that was going to be shopped around to other cable and streaming um, platforms, and Freeform had picked it up and then dropped it um, as of late last year, and New Warriors still... On slate for you know premiering this year, we'll see. I hope that maybe with the 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 good reviews on Cloak and Dagger that we'll see something really cool out of uh, the new Warriors. I know it's it's going to have a few new Warriors people like um, Night Thrasher. I know Nova's tied up in um, Spider-Man Sony stuff, even though he was in the Disney XD Spider-Man cartoon. So I I don't know, um, but I know Night Thrasher is going to be in it. And Speedball's going to be in it, which ought to be interesting because his powers are dumb. Uh, he ends up becoming Penance, who's kind of a darker, cool character for like a split second, and then he just turns super whiny. Uh, go ahead and Wikipedia Robbie Baldwin for that one, or Speedball. Um, but beware that there is a drug cocktail called Speedball, and I'm talking about the Compa character. So, just beware of that. Let's see. Mistakes I made. I think I overly prepared for... Uh, for this episode. I think I, I did way too much research when I should have just uh, just gone for it. Um, but like I said, the upcoming episodes of Nerd Vomit, uh, which there are going to be more uh, until Deb is fully recovered, I will get better at this. There's there's going to be a learning curve, and I'm trying to write it out, and I hope you write it out with me as well. Um, there's going to be not just Nerd Vomit episodes, but there will be uh, more audio from Denver Comic-Con. 2018, we'll be attending uh, at time of recording of this coming weekend, and I've already got a bunch of stuff plotted out, a bunch of very fun stuff. We've got panels with members of The Walking Dead, the Power Rangers, Brian Nazarello, um, who's a Batman uh, writer. Um, There's going to be a whole bunch of stuff about um, the sex industry in sci-fi. I look forward to to, to being at that panel, uh, the psychology, of the Avengers, uh, there's all sorts of crazy stuff that's going to be going on. So follow us on Instagram, uh, I think at the underscore BACN, uh, we're on Twitter, BACN media, Facebook at BACN podcast. Um, everything's dates and deets and links. If I can quote Doug Benson are on, um, BACN So, but you know, you're going to get the audio on this. So it won't just be me trying to uh, navigate the choppy waters of carrying a pop culture show all by myself. All by myself. And I promise I won't sing much on later shows. So you're going to, you know, so tune in for that. And those will be actual no applause, just like clap episodes. But if you don't like what you're hearing, uh, or you have any suggestions on how I can improve the Nerd Vomit episodes, please reach out to us on... Please reach out to us on social media or at info at BACNpodcast.com. I get those emails. I'll see what you say. And uh, I'll reply. I'll I'll, I'll ingratiate myself. Uh, I will um, assimilate any of your suggestions into the show. Um, And... uh, We look forward to uh, hearing from you and, let's see, uh, usual ending nonsense of mistakes I made. Uh, Social contract, asshole. Hey, um, if you're driving a car and you hit somebody, maybe don't drive off. I know it's scary, and if it's an accident, nothing may not come of it, but, uh, you know, obviously, I'm getting into that, unfortunately, Deb was... In an accident, she was hit by a car, she's fine, she's recovering, like I said, I'll talk more about that on, uh, no, pl- uh, on, on damn. but, uh, it was a hit and run, and, uh, social contract asshole, that guy's an asshole, could be a girl, I don't know, but they're assholes, um, I don't know if they were drunk, and if you're drunk and driving, that's, you're an asshole, I know the irony of that, if you don't listen to damn, but, you know, she got hit by a car and that car just drove off and the lack of accountability there, uh, is, is just staggering. It's just staggering. Um, and I, I really, I really brought it down after getting so worked up about cloak and dagger. So, uh, you know, she's, she's kind of the dagger to my cloak, you know, bright light against the, uh, inky darkness of, uh, my soul. Um, I don't think anyone's ever called Deb, uh, you know, a bright light before, but uh, it's very true, she's uh, the yin to my yang, and uh, we hope her a speedy recovery, if only so that you guys don't have to hear me talk for, you know, 20 minutes every week, Uh, thank God, you know, there'll be DCC panels to break this up, uh, both for your sanities and for mine, Uh, and that's it, so enjoy, I have no sign off for nerd vomits, wasn't I supposed to do like a kind of sound I I can't remember I don't don't want to go back but uh, I think I said I wouldn't make that sound anymore so I apologize and I guess I'll just always end the episodes with I'm sorry I'm sorry If you liked this check out some of our other shows like Mr. Right, Exotic Liability and No Applause, Just The Clap. You can find us at www.bacnpodcast.com and by searching for BACN on iTunes and Stitcher. Oh, yeah.